blessed Sunday and a blessed new year to all of you. I hope that every one of you is having a good start of the year. A new year offers a fresh start and new opportunities. And I hope that, you know, we will start off our year by recommitting our lives to our Lord, to walk closely with Him and to be used by Him to minister and disciple others. Today, we'll be continuing our journey through the book of Matthew. I don't know if you remember, but, uh, you know, we have set a 10-year goal during our 90th anniversary back in 2019. And that goal is to preach through all the books of the Bible by our 100th year anniversary. And the last I checked, this is only the second time we are going through one of the gospel books. We have gone through the book of John, the gospel of John back in 2020. And now we are in our second gospel book, which is the book of Matthew. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, Pastor, why is there a need to be to have four gospels in our Bible. Bakit kailangan may apat na gospel? And why is there a need for us to read and learn from them separately when they all tell the same stories anyway? And in fact, they are actually based on each other. No? Matthew copied Mark, Luke probably copied Mark as well. So why don't we have to study each of the gospels separately? And the answer is to, to that is simple. You know, even though most of the Gospels tells the same story, each of them have a different purpose. Each of them has a different target audience. And thus, therefore, they also have different emphasis on each of their Gospels. So, this means that we can learn different things from reading and studying each one of the Gospels. Now, personally, among the four Gospels, the book of Matthew is actually my favorite. Okay? It's my favorite because, because for me, it connects best with the Old Testament. It shows how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. So when you read through Matthew, makita nyo maraming Old Testament quotations. Because he's trying to connect, Matthew is trying to connect Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. This is because, Matthew does this because Matthew's primary audience are his fellow Jews. Jews who adhere to the Old Testament. And, you know, that's why he has to connect it to the Old Testament. And, you know, also among the four Gospels, Matthew has the strongest emphasis on discipleship. Matthew has the strongest um, emphasis on discipleship, probably because, you know, Matthew himself was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. Actually, it is Matthew who included the Sermon of the Mount in his Gospel. Sermon of the Mount is from chapter 5 to chapter 7. Three chapters dedicated to Jesus' primary teaching about discipleship. If you know, if you want to learn what, how, what it means, what is a picture of a disciple, Study the Sermon of the Mount. It describes to us what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And actually, sa Matthew rin natin may kita yung Great Commission. You will not find a Great Commission in Luke, in John, in Mark, only in Matthew at the very end of his Gospel. 
And so that's why Matthew has a very strong emphasis on discipleship. In fact, one NT scholar on the book of Matthew said in his book, sabi niya, by becoming betters, better readers of Matthew's gospel, Christians become better disciples of Jesus as they are formed into a certain type of person, participating in a certain type of community. And so as we journey through the book of Matthew and today as we dig through the account of Jesus calling his first disciples, my prayer is that we can also learn how to become better disciples of our Lord Jesus. So if you have your Bibles with you, please keep them open to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. You have your Bibles with you? Okay, please open them. If you're using your mobile phones, that's okay as well. Can I see a thumbs up kung na kayo? Okay, I can see a few thumbs up. I'd like to encourage everyone of us to bring our Bibles, whether, you know, print out yan or uh, electronic. I want us to read from our own copies of the Bible. Okay, now last week, Pastor Benson walked us through the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, which is also here. It's here in the opening chapter, in the opening verses of chapter 4. After this account, Matthew then proceeded to narrate the start of the ministry of Jesus, of his earthly ministry. So, umpisa of chapter 4, he talked about the temptation of Jesus. But here in verse 17, it said, sabi dyan, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So here marks the start of Jesus' earthly ministries. And then in the next verse, it goes on to tell us how Jesus called his first followers. You know, I find this narrative progression very fitting. You know, Matthew tells us first how Jesus constantly defeated the devil's temptation, something that, you know, mankind has never done before. Mankind has always been tempted by the devil, but Jesus succeeded. Therefore, making Jesus someone worth following. Remember the big idea last week? We must fix our eyes on Jesus, sabi ni Pastor Benson. And as we fix our eyes in Jesus, from that time forth, Jesus has been calling people to follow him. Matthew has already told us that here's the guy who is worthy to be followed. And now, he's calling on his followers. But you know, the surprising thing is that the very first people Jesus calls, uh, calls to follow him were mere fishermen. Mangingisda. Mangingisda. In verse 18 to 19, it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting their nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And then in the next verse, uh, in the verse 21, it, it says, And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. James and John were also fishermen. So Jesus' first disciples, all four of them were fishermen. You know, if you've read through chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. By now, we have established who Jesus is. 
You know, Jesus is a descendant of Israel's greatest king. He's a descendant of David. Jesus also is the son of God who defeated the devil's temptation. You know, ang taas-taas ng rangko ni Jesus. And therefore, his followers must be the best of the best as well. The top of the class. The religious leaders like the Pharisees and the scribes. And yet, here we see in these two parallel accounts that Jesus chose ordinary fishermen to follow him. Why is that? What ganun? You know, another thing surprising about these accounts was how Jesus chose his disciples. Paano niya pinili? Because, you know, in the rabbinic tradition, aspiring, kung, kung rabbi ka, people will be lining up to become your students. Aspiring students who wish to be under the tutelage of a rabbi must first prove themselves. They will go to the rabbi, apply as candidate, and the rabbi will evaluate whether to accept them or not to be his students. Parang college application lang. You know, you must fill up your application, Sometimes, sa ibang school, kailangan mo mag-write ng essay. Tama ba? Bakit ka papasukin sa school na yun? And also, you must submit your high school report cards. Yun yun ano, inakakabay. No? Naku, ang dami kong pula. Tatanggapin kaya nila ako. And then not only that, you also have to pass the entrance exam. Then the college will evaluate if you made the cut or not. It's the same thing with a student coming to a rabbi asking him to disciple him. But here, we see Jesus simply calling his first disciples. They did not have to apply or anything. They did not have the greatest of resumes. They were not top of the class. (laughs) They were not even in class. They were not even school rejects because they were too unqualified for any education in the first place. And yet, here we see the heir of King David, the son of God, chose this fisherman to be his first disciples, later to become his apostles to build and lead his church, rather than the religious leaders of his time. The question is, what does this tell us about the people whom Jesus calls? What can we learn from this? No, this tells us that Jesus calls ordinary people to be his disciple. Next slide. Jesus calls ordinary people to become his disciples. He does not look for the elite. He does not choose only the talented He invites ordinary people living ordinary lives to come, follow Him, be His disciples. And it's not based on any qualification or prior achievements. Basically, those whom Jesus calls to faith, He also calls to follow. Regardless of their resume or their job experiences or their skill sets. You know, tayo, many of us are so afraid to be called by God. We're so afraid. When God calls us to do something, we ask questions like, Lord, bakit ako? Lord, why me? When God calls us, we make excuses. Lord, I'm not good enough. I don't know how to do it. 
When God calls us, we try to find a way out. Lord, let me gain some experience muna. Or we say, Lord, pwedeng siya na lang. When the, when the Lord calls us, we look for some kind of compromise. Lord, help me do, do this first. And after that, I will go. Laging ganun eh, no? We ask questions. We try to find a way out. We look for a compromise. We are so afraid to be called by God because some way, somehow, we feel so inadequate. We feel so unsure of ourselves. We feel insecure. Ah, hindi naman ako pastor material eh. But you know, our passage tells us that our Lord's calling is not based on us. It is not based on who we are. It is not based on what we can do. Jesus is the one to choose who will follow him. And he chooses ordinary people to do his extraordinary work. Not based on their capabilities or achievements or social standing. Sino ba pinipili niya? Those whom he has called to faith, he has called to follow. He calls to follow. That means you and me. If you said you put your faith in Jesus, that you believe that Jesus and Lord and Savior and you accept Him in your life as your Lord and Savior, then He is calling you to follow. Brothers and sisters, just as Jesus called ordinary fishermen to come follow Him, He's also calling ordinary people like each one of us to come and follow Him. We don't have to be special to be used by our Lord. If you are called to faith, if you are here, then you are special enough. He wants you to follow Him. You may be a teacher. You may be a coach. You may be a housewife. You might be a businessman. You might be a janitor, a sales lady, an engineer, a student, or even a kasambahay. If our Lord has called you to faith in Him, He's calling you to follow. He's calling you to follow. And the good news is, He will be the one to equip you to do what He wants you to do. He will be the one to equip you to become fishers of men. Now, ano ba yung sabihin nun? What does it mean when Jesus told this fisherman that he will make them fishers of man? You know, this is clearly a play on words here by Jesus. Knowing that those whom he called were fishermen, and somehow we have an idea of what Jesus meant. You know, before their occupations were to catch fish. Catch fish. But upon answering Jesus' call to follow him, they will now be catching men. Catching men. Fishers of men. But have you ever thought, what does fishing for man actually mean? Catching men for what? Fishing for man to do what? You know, there are many types of occupations that fish for people. You know, you can be a salesperson. Diba? A salesperson fish for people who will buy their product. You might be a recruiter or in human resource, and your job is to 
Find qualified people that your company needs. You're fishing for people to work in your company. You can be a hustler, mangloloko, mangbubudol. And your livelihood depends upon how you fish for people whom you can steal from. Diba ang dami mangbubudol dito? Every day they watch for students who, ano, sino kaya mauuto ko? You can be a policeman and your job is to catch bad people. So ano ba sa mga to? What does it mean to be a fisher of man? To catch people. You know, to understand what disciples will be fishing for man for, we must understand the ministry of Jesus. Ano ba yung ministry ni Jesus? Well, simply this. The ministry of Jesus is focusing, is focused on the kingdom of God. Or in Matthew's term, the kingdom of heaven. You remember what Jesus preached about when he began his ministry? Repent for the... Can you read it together with me? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. By the way, kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are the same. They're synonymous. Matthew just uses kingdom of heaven so as not to offend other devout Jews who, revert, uh, who revere the title of God. Remember, the main audience of Matthew are Jews. You know, all of Jesus' teaching was focused on the kingdom of God. His sermons, his parables were all about explaining the kingdom of God. Like he said, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. That is his focus, the kingdom of God. But you know, many Christians think that the focus of Jesus is simply to save people. Many people think, many Christians think that the message of Jesus is all about salvation and forgiveness of sin. Yun lang. When in fact, when we look at all the Gospels, Jesus' main concern is what? It's about bringing upon the kingdom of God. Bringing upon the kingdom of God, which includes salvation and forgiveness of sin. Why does God give us salvation? Why does God forgive us, forgive our sin? So that we can enter and be part of the kingdom of God, to be kingdom people. How many times did Jesus mention the word saved in the book of Matthew? And he will be saved. And you will be saved. How many times? Do you know how many times? Five times. How many times did Jesus mention the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven in the book of Matthew itself? You know how many? 37 times. 37. So what does Jesus mean when he told these four fishermen he will make them fishers of man? What he means is he will equip his followers to fish people into the kingdom of God. They are going to fish for kingdom people. Kingdom people who are willing to repent of their sinful ways and, are wi- and who humbly submits to the will of the king, which is God. Jesus is not just calling us to be saved. He's calling us to be kingdom people and to surrender our lives to him because he is the king. That is why in the Great Commission, the final words of Jesus recorded in Matthew, you don't even find the word salvation there. What did he say? Go, therefore, and make 
disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of age. This is the task of fishers of men. This is the task of all his disciples, those whom he has called to faith and those he has called to follow. He calls to make disciples of Jesus Christ, kingdom people. And as we follow Jesus, he will be the one to equip us to accomplish this task. Regardless of your background, regardless of your job experience, he will transform you to be a disciple maker, to be an evangelist, if you faithfully follow him. You know, I just came from my sister's wedding this week. It was a beach wedding, kaya medyo maitim ako today. And, uh, you know, in the resort, I was able to have a good chat with her mother-in-law. Uh, and she knew I was a pastor. But she was curious to what I did before I became a pastor. Tiyan niya, ano inaral mo no college? Ano naging trabaho mo before you became a pastor? And I told her that, you know, auntie, I graduated as a civil engineer. And uh, I actually became a licensed civil engineer and worked two years as a civil engineer. As a civil engineer. And sabi niya, wow, ang layo ah. Ang layo sa pagiging pastor. And she was right. Ang layo nga naman talaga from solving mathematical equations to studying and teaching ancient literature. Ancient literature, I mean the Bible. You know, from supervising construction projects to shepherding the people of God. Malayo nga talaga, no? Medyo malayo. But you know, while I was working as an engineer, I believe God was already preparing me for ministry to His people. You know, in my job, whenever there were complaints and questions from homeowners, my boss will, be the, uh, will send me to them to talk to them and try to calm them down. And at the same time, God used my work to pave the way for me to study in Singapore as well. Some of you already know that story, and so I will not be saying it again next time na ulit. You know, I'm reminded of one of my sermons back in 2020 in the book of Genesis about God using Jacob. You know, we learned there that God does not choose the qualified. He qualifies the chosen. He qualifies the chosen. And I experienced that to be true. So don't ever think you are unqualified to be called by Jesus. Don't ever think, ay pang mga pastor lang yan, ay pang mga leaders lang yan. Hindi ako leader type. No, don't think that way. When God calls you to follow, he will, the one, he will be the one to qualify you. Just follow Him and obey. You know, if you ask me, ano ba mas madali, pastor? Dealing with being an engineer or a pastor? Dealing with numbers or dealing with people? And I would answer you immediately, mas mabilis maging engineer. Mas mabilis, dealing with numbers. But let me tell you, it will never be as fulfilling as bringing people to know Jesus or bringing Jesus into the lives of people and see their lives change. You know, being a Christian is not an easy life. But let me tell you, 
it is a rewarding one. Not only here on earth, but also when our Lord calls us back home into his heavenly kingdom. So brothers and sisters, when Jesus calls you to follow him, don't be afraid. Don't feel inadequate. Jesus will be the one to equip you to bring people into the kingdom of God. All we need to do is follow and obey. Follow and obey. But, you know, what does it mean to follow and obey? What is a proper response when Jesus calls us to follow him? Any proper response? You know, in this verse 18 to 22, Matthew intentionally put these two accounts of calling together. Why? Bakit niya pinagsama tong dalawa? Pwede naman niya sinabihan, sabihin na parang, you know, all these four people, Jesus called, and then they immediately left their nets and followed him. No, he made it into two parallel accounts. He's using parallelism in the calling of Peter and Andrew and James and John to emphasize something. What does he want to emphasize? He wants to emphasize something, and that is the similar response of both these sets of brothers. Look at your Bible. It's not on the PowerPoint. I forgot to put it there. Well, I intentionally did not put it there so that you will look at your Bibles. Look at verse 20 and 22. How did they respond? In verse 20, when Jesus called Peter and Andrew, immediately they left their nets and followed him. How about when Jesus called James and John? In verse 22, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. What does this tell us? What is the emphasis Matthew is trying to say here? He's telling us that the proper action when Jesus is calling us to follow him is an immediate response and shift in priority. An immediate response and shift in priority. In other words, when our Lord calls, don't wait. Drop everything and obey. Don't wait. Drop everything and obey. You know, when I was a kid, uh, every time my mom tells me to do something, I always answer, Ma, wait lang. Ma, wait lang. And you know, my mom will almost always get angry at me. And I didn't understand why. Because I thought, ko, Ma, I'm gonna listen naman eh. I'm gonna do what I'm told. Just, you just need to be a little patient. Yun na sa isip ko eh. But you know, now that I am a parent, whenever I tell my kids to do something, and they don't do it immediately, instead, they ask, Dad, why? Dad, why not? Ako naman. Ako naman yung naiinis. No, I get angry as well. Why? Because I need them to do what they were told when they were told. I need them to do as they were told when they were told. Only then that I realize bakit delayed obedience is actually disobedience pala. Delayed obedience is actually is already disobedience. The same way when our Lord calls us to do something, we cannot say no Lord, no way. When our Lord calls him to say, wait, uh, to come, we cannot say, wait, Lord. If that's the only thing we're going to answer him, then he is not our Lord at all. 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, we need to practice immediate obedience. When he calls us to follow, we must follow immediately. And to immediately obey, we must first learn to immediately drop everything we are doing. Just like the four fishermen immediately left their nets, left their boats, and even their father to follow Jesus. Ako nasa isip ko, bebenta ko na muna yung nets ko, baka hindi ko na to kailangan. Lord, pang matagalan ba to? Para bento ko na yung net ko, tsaka yung boat, hindi ko na naman gagamitin. You know? No. They just left it. Does this mean that when Jesus calls us to be his disciples, we must all quit our current jobs and work as a pastor or a missionary? No. This is not necessarily the case. Yes, we are all called to be fishers of man, bringing people into the kingdom of God, to be kingdom citizens, but God uses each one of us differently in different places to achieve this task. Yes, some of us, God will call to be pastors and missionaries. Mga anak nyo, or baka kayo, maisipin nyo, pastor, ang tanda-tanda ko na. Ano pa ba magagawa ko? No. God can still call you to be a pastor or missionary, but not. But God will also call others to stay where they are and become fishers of man in their current occupation. What changes, therefore, is not necessarily our occupation, but instead our priorities and our goals. If before you are working for yourself, you are working for your career, for your family, for your future, now that God has called you to faith and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you must now work for the purpose of His kingdom. That means your purpose for working shouldn't be to make money anymore, to make ends meet. No, your sole purpose is working to be able to reach people and invite them to know Jesus and invite them to be part of His kingdom. If before you are working for a promotion or for a race, when you start following Christ, then you should be working to find opportunities to share your faith to others. When God gives you a promotion, your question must be, Sino kaya? Who are the new people that God wants me to reach through this new position God has given me? When God gives you a race, you must now ask, How does God want me to use this extra money for His kingdom work? When God gives you a new business, you should ask, Lord, who are the people you want me to hire so I can share the gospel to them? This is what it means to drop everything and obey. Now I know for many of us, this is hard and even scary. Ever since we were born, we were living our lives for ourselves and for our family. Umbisa bata tayo, our parents always tell us, para sa'yo to. Gawin mo yan so that you can reach your dream. No, I want you to be an engineer. I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be a businessman. You know, all our lives since we were young, we were following our dreams or our parents' dreams for us. But now that we have put our faith in Jesus, our allegiance to Jesus Christ, He expects us to let all of these things go. And that is never easy. That is never easy. 
Nevertheless, this is the proper response when our Lord calls. This is the demand of our discipleship to Jesus. And most times, it feels like letting go of our life's dream and losing our life's purpose. Parang ganun, you know, I'm letting go of my dream. But the truth is, it is the other way around. When we drop everything and follow Jesus, we are actually finding the true purpose of our lives because we were made for the purpose of serving Jesus in the first place. Apostle Paul said in Colossians 1 verse 16, sabi niya, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And Jesus himself taught his disciples in Matthew 10, verse 39, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Brothers and sisters, we are all made for Jesus, to follow him. Therefore, we will find life's true meaning when we drop everything and commit our lives to follow Jesus. We might find it scary at first because, you know, we are used to holding on and controlling our own lives. But you know, I, I read uh, a post by Pastor Tim Keller yesterday, and I believe he got it right. Sabi niya sa Facebook page niya yesterday, You are underqualified for the job of master and commander of your life. Medyo nakaka-insulto, no? But it's true. We are all unqualified, underqualified for the job of master and commander of our own lives. The truth is that to live as disciples of Christ is a blessed life, despite the sacrifice and hardship it may bring in our lives. That is why Jesus began his great Sermon of the Mount, the description of what a disciple should be. He, he began it with the Beatitudes. Blessed are those. Blessed are you. It describes the blessedness of living as a follower of Christ here on earth and also in heaven. It might be tough, but it's rewarding. It might be challenging, but it is fulfilling. When we see people living in joy as people of the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, when our Lord calls, don't wait. Drop everything and obey. And by doing so, God can use us for his kingdom even if you don't have any qualifications or skill, Jesus can transform you to become fishers of man, bringing people into his kingdom, ordinary as you might be. God can use you. We just need to focus on following him. You know, I will never ever forget the story told, um, the story told by one of our youth pastors during, during the first high school camp I attended here in UEC. Pinaalala ko pa nga yung title ng camp na yun eh, See the Place to Be. She told of a story about a man who was fetching water from the well to bring to his home every day. And he has two buckets to carry the water. One was new and sturdy, bagong-bago pa, while the other was old and already has a few holes in it. And yet, he carries both of them every day on a bamboo stick, parang yung manong nagtataho. He carries those two buckets filled with water back to his home. But every time, the old bucket brings home half of, 
half of the water back for his master. Kalaati na lang, kasi yung daming butas eh. In the old bucket felt bad. He felt useless. Inadequate because of his holes. And yet, his con- master continues to use him. One day, siya, he cannot take it anymore. And he told his master, Master, don't use me anymore. I'm just wasting your effort every day. Every day I spill half of the water even before getting home. But his master showed him the path that they walked to get water. And the bucket saw that both sides of the path was full of flowers. And his master told him, See, I have been using your brokenness and imperfection to water these plants. And now look how beautiful the waters are because you let me use you. Brothers and sisters, when our Lord calls, don't wait. Drop everything and obey. Do not let your feeling of inadequacies fool you to thinking that God cannot use you. We only need to follow and obey. When he calls, don't wait. Drop everything and follow him. And he will make you fishers of men, bringing people into his kingdom, making everything beautiful in his time. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we just want to give thanks for this simple account of you calling your first disciples. Father, forgive us if many times we are unwilling to obey. Forgive us as many times we are unwilling to let go of our lives, of the lives of our children, letting them pursue our dreams instead of following you. Father, from this point on, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus and to follow him every step of the way. Help us not to delay, but instead, immediately drop everything and follow Jesus. Because following him is indeed worth it. Help us, Lord, to follow Jesus and not turn back. There's no turning back. For you have set us in the right path, the path to your kingdom, to bring people to find the joy and greatness of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. In his name we pray. Amen and amen.